and welcome to the podcast. I'm Ashleen. Hello, Gracie. And this podcast is just, uh, it's just a podcast. That's what it is. Anyways, no, it's called The uh, Feminist Critique, where we talk about movies. Yep. And this week, we're going to be talking about how to lose a guy in 10 days, because January is rom-com month. Yep, where we are basically just watching romantic comedies and then shitting on them. Yeah, surprisingly, there are a lot of romantic comedies that are pretty garbage, and yet they make tons of money. So uh, much money. So much money. Um, anyway, so yeah, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. It is the classic tale of Andy, who is, you know, um, works for a magazine, and she's the how-to girl, right? And uh, and then the guy is uh, what the fuck? In advertising. Yeah. What was his name? Benjamin Barry. Oh God! What Her you... name was Andy Anderson, and his name was Benjamin Barry. Okay. Are you fucking? It's a lot me? of alliteration. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Um, but uh, take you through the statistics real quick. Uh, it had a budget of fifty million dollars. And it had a gross of $177.37 million at the box office. So it did really well. It's in the top 10 highest grossing romantic comedies of all time. Wow. Um, You got Matthew McConaughey, who's known for Fool's Gold, True Detective, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Kate Hudson from Almost Famous and Raising Helen. Also the daughter of uh, Goldie Hawn. Mm Mm-hmm. Who's um, been in a lot of romantic comedies herself. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of garbage ones with her in it, unfortunately. It was uh, the 80s. Catherine Give it a break. Hahn. Sorry, who? Uh, Catherine Hahn is in this movie. She's from Bad Moms and Transparent. See, she was <laughs> the Adam, chick that we thought what? was in last week's. What? Remember, we thought that she was in last week's, but she was actually in this week's. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Adam Goldberg played one of uh, Matthew McConaughey's friends at the office, the dark-haired guy with the beard. Okay. What's in he- Saving Private Ryan and A Beautiful Mind and a couple of other things. Oh, um, okay. It was directed by Donald Petrie, who has directed Miss Congeniality and Grumpy Old Men. Mm-hmm. And it was written by Michelle Alexander, who wrote the book How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And they're also it is also writing a sequel, How to Get Over a Guy in 10 Days. Oh, okay. uh, And she co-wrote it with Jeannie Long. Um, Kristen Buckley wrote on the script for the screenplay. She wrote 102 Dalmatians. Same with Brian Regan, uh, screenplay, and also wrote on 102 Dalmatians. And then Burstiers, who's known for Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Oh, dear Jesus. <laughs> Pulp Fiction, and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. So you got a real mix of interesting people with this film. Yeah. Um, I will say that it was actually funny. Yeah. I laughed quite a bit. But (laughs) we'll get into that when we start talking about it, which we will do now. (laughs) Yeah. So, um... It just, it kind of starts off with uh, Andy 
she's a writer for this woman's magazine called Composure, right? And she does the how-to, like, how to do something in five days. How to sway your apartment. How to get a great ass in five days or whatever, right? So that's kind of... But she wants to, you know, write important things like politics, economics, religion, poverty, stuff that she actually cares about. And yet she knew when she signed up for working for the L magazine equivalent of this fictional, you know, situation, yeah. exactly what she would be writing about. Well, exactly. It's so. basically like cos- cosmetolo- cosmopolitan. <laughs> Cosmet- Cosmo. The Cosmo or Glamour or any of those fucking magazines. Or Redbook or, yeah, like basically any woman's magazine that's 80% advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> like, honey, you knew what you were getting into. You're not going to write, you know, decent, hard-hitting journalism, you know. I mean, this isn't Teen Vogue. <laughs> I know, man. Teen Vogue has been on point. Yeah. Which is really surprising at how political they've gotten the past couple of years. I know. I picked I up a copy it. because I was like, hey, this is actually pretty decent. Although their fashion, the the one thing, it was like power suits or whatever, but it looked like oversized suits on like these little thin girls. And I'm like, okay, listen, we get it. Donald Trump is the president, but like, you know, we shouldn't be getting our... Uh, fashion inspirations from him with large fucking suits yeah not to mention wasn't it teen vogue that did that uh gender thing with zane and uh Gigi hadid where like no i think that was normal vogue that was normal vogue yeah. i thought that was that was uh very tone deaf <laughs> yeah pretty sure it was um it was normal vogue or one of those other fashion elite gotcha. magazines where you know you see those clothes and you go hmm, i would never wear anything like that <laughs> of course not uh so yeah we have andy anderson she's a how-to girl and then we have benjamin barry who works in advertising and much like the guy from what women want he's mostly working with you know male advertisements mm-hmm. you know for beer and stuff and then he gets a tip that their uh, his company is going to be doing a uh, advertising campaign for Delore, which is like a, huge a diamond. really huge diamond company. They own eighty percent of the market. It's a really huge account, like the biggest, like corner office big. Yeah. And he has a couple of coworkers who are vying for the spot, and he calls them lips and hips. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I actually don't remember their real names because it's only said a couple of times. I believe they um, were called the Judies. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, so it's like he called them lips and hips within the first five minutes and I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Misogynistic asshole. Uh, but the first part of the movie is basically setting up, you know, the situation. Yeah. And the situation is Andy wants to write hard-hitting journalism. And her boss says, well, here you go. You write this, how to lose a guy in 10 days. And, you know, if it's good, then you can write about whatever you want. Yeah. And, and of for, course, the boss is like, you know, this mid-40s-esque woman who, you know, 
is like bitter and like, oh, my life sucks or yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like that, you know, exactly. hard. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Ben, who works in the advertising, and he wants his advertising account. So his boss and the two Judys decide that if he can get a woman to fall in love with him in 10 days, then he's got the account. But the thing because is that, that the sense. two Judys know something that he doesn't. Yeah, see, they're all at this bar when Ben makes his bet with Jude, the two Judys. And they've already been to Composure, and they know about Andy and what she's going to be writing about. Mm-hmm. Now, the gala that he's supposed to have a girl fall in love with is in, guess what? Ten days. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, the Judys say, well, how about that pretty blonde over there? And he goes in, and Andy thinks she's got a hook, line, and sinker. I will that I think both of these people are garbage. I think Andy is garbage, and I think Ben is garbage. Yeah. Because they were both using people to get ahead. Pretty much, yep. Yeah. So, um, they, you know, uh, get together, and then um, Andy... You know, uh, after they meet at this bar or whatever, they go back to his place and they start kissing or whatever. And she's like, I want you to respect me, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. Right. So which I don't want to stand, I don't want a one night stand or whatever. Right. So then he's like, oh, OK, baby, like whatever. <laughs> Sorry, that was like the worst Texan accent ever. But like, I don't know, oh. that's Matthew McConaughey is just the Texas Texas Texan accent. <laughs> there was one part earlier when they were actually discussing the diamonds thing and that one of one of the Judies was like, a woman in love wants diamonds, lest they want chocolate. I call bullshit. <laughs> I just always want diamonds. I'm just kidding. You know what? If anything, I always want chocolate. Right? I don't care. Women in love don't care if you get them a diamond. Well, at this point, too. Most women, you know, if you're in love with someone, they would actually, like, love it if you brought home some chocolates or a flower or left a cute little note on the pillow or something. Like, it doesn't have to be a freaking diamond. Well, also, there is that, you know, fact, too, that this movie was made in 2003, right? Well, that was, you know, hate to say it, but it was a different time, right? So, like, now millennials aren't buying diamonds because they are, like, way overpriced. Like, diamonds are all over the place. And why should we buy them when they're, like, you know, not that special? They're they just, actually like... actually mentioned that in the movie, which shocked me. Really? When ben, Yeah, when Ben is talking about the diamonds and he's, like, a diamond is for everyone, like... Mm-hmm. He knows that diamonds are actually all too common. It's just that the one guy owns like 70 or 80% of the market. Yeah. And they, you know, the advertising is what makes you think diamonds are somehow rare. Yeah, but they're not. In the movie, which was shocking because it's, you know, 2003, 2004 when this movie comes out. And they're actually talking about something that not a lot of people realize. Yeah. Well, exactly, right? 
So um, Andy tries her best to drive Ben insane with like, you know, and make him break up with her uh, so that she can, you know, complete her article. And uh, she does like a lot of pretty ridiculous things. Uh, one of yeah. them, well, it kind of starts off with the next. Does is she has to, well, the first thing she has to do is hook him in, right? Yeah. And she hooks him in by leaving her purse mm-hmm. with Nick's ticket. Yeah, which and he's a big so fan of the Knicks. Knicks fans. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> they go to the game. And up until this point, she's been this lovely, cute little thing, right? Yeah. And he's like, this is going to be the easiest thing I could possibly do. And then they do the kiss cam. And then she sets her plan in motion by trying to sabotage this relationship. Yeah. Exactly. And it starts off with, you know, they're not being much time in the game and, you know, they're real close to like possibly losing. Right. But they're still like the Knicks are playing well. And she's like, I'm so thirsty. Can you get me a drink? And he's like, no, come on. Like, I want to watch this game. And she's like, but I'm so thirsty. So he's like, I guess. So he goes like it gets her to the drink. Right while trying to watch this game and then he comes back and she's like it's not diet coke so he goes back ends up missing the last few seconds of the game where they score a bunch of points and it's like so exhilarating and she gets to see it or whatever right and uh and then she's like oh well that sucks you know but like it's not a big deal it's a shame you missed it yeah Exactly. Oh, it's so conniving. It is pretty conniving, right? So, um, and then she gets into the cab and like she goes her merry way, right? And uh, and then they go. Where did they go next? They, oh, the movie. She called him while he was in a meeting. Oh yeah. And was all and she was all gooey with him, and she's she's like, I want to see you again, and he's like, Oh, you want to catch a movie later? And she's like, Yeah, my choice. And he's like, Yeah, baby, your choice. So they go and see a chick flick marathon of like sleepless sleepless in Seattle and fried green tomatoes and stuff. Which <laughs> mm-hmm. I think sleep, sleepless in Seattle is like a really stupid movie. It kind of is. <laughs> I love fried green tomatoes though. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually going to be a film we cover later. Uh, but <laughs> she daggum talks during the whole movie, and she's munching on the popcorn, and then she's like, so you have another woman? It was just so stupid. <laughs> and then she bothers this, like, big guy who's like, I'm just trying to watch this movie. And she's like, like my, boy- my boyfriend's going to come and beat you up. And he's like, oh, yeah? Well, fuck him. Let's go outside. Yeah. He ends up punching him. Yeah, Ben's like, I don't want to get in a fight with him. And then he turns around to rationalize and bam, right to the face. And then the guy. And I'm just going to go back in there and finish watching Sleep in Seattle. Yeah, because you know what? Tough guys can enjoy girly movies too. Yeah. See? Good for him. Good for him. Fuck the patriarchy. Except for the whole punching uh, Ben in the face thing. So he kind of deserved it. Well, you know what? <clears throat> Bitch was fucking talking during the movie, okay? That's what happens. The boyfriend oh gets punched God. out. 
I will tell you right now, I will. I, I hate when someone talks in a movie. It's not nice. Okay? You got a conversation, take it outside. Other people are trying to enjoy a film. Where I'm like the type of person who loves talking during the film, but I also love talking. That's why Gracie interrupts me all the time. <laughs> Sorry. <It's okay. laughs> um, so yeah, after he gets punched in the face, he like starts rubbing on her boob and stuff. He's like, oh yeah, stay right there. And I'm like, ew. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of weird, but also kind of cute. When he's like rubbing on her boob as if it's a pillow. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I can't with this movie. It was weird. Um, so the next night, okay, it's day number three. He's going to, you know, reel her in. He's going to make his signature dish, a lamb with a cherry glaze. Yep. <laughs> and she goes in there, and she's, like, putting a pink afghan on the bed and of the toilet and teddy bears and putting like girly CDs like Carly Simon and stuff. Yeah. Uh, It's just, it's weird. But she does all that and then they sit down to eat and watch the Knicks game because uh, it's the NBA NBA Finals week, you know? Yeah. They sit down to watch the Knicks game and then he places that amazing rack of lamb in front of her. <laughs> yeah. And she's yeah, like she... What does she well, say, Gracie? Why did you get silent? Because you were talking. No, I wasn't. Yeah, well, okay, fine. She's like, I don't eat meat. And she starts crying. Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that that part made me chuckle. I was like, oh, girl. Oh, girl, no. You're so evil. No. Yeah, so she then, um, they end up going to, like, a vegetarian restaurant, right? Where they mm-hmm. can get whatever. And um, while they're there, he, uh, they're just, like, talking or whatever, and he asks the waitress, like, hey, do you know what the Knicks, like, um, score is and she's like do I look like I would know what the next score is and he's like oh well no and then um, <laughs> she ends up start. she starts like crying and she's like my boyfriend says I'm fat <laughs> and he's like no I have never said that and she's like I'm just gonna go to the bathroom so she like goes watches the game in the kitchen um, and gets to see like the last few minutes while he's getting stared down by every woman in that fucking restaurant yeah, and she's also like eating a fajita or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she and like. He's in there with his bean sprouts and shit. And mm. he's like talking about how this is only for cows. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they get back to his place and it gets a little kinky. <laughs> okay, yeah. This shit was hilarious. Yeah, I'm she names sorry. his um his penis. Princess Sophia. And he goes, like, you're going to name my member Princess Sophia? Like, he couldn't say penis, so he said my member. Like, look, reading a Harlequin romance. Yeah, his purple-headed <laughs> warrior. Goes, what about 
What about Spike or Butcher? Kroll the Warrior King. What was it? Kroll the, the Warrior, Warrior King. King. Jesus fucking Christ. You can tell out of those three which is the one he actually named it. Yeah. Crow the Warrior King. <laughs> yeah, because it's so co- fucking complicated. I'm sorry, is this like something guys actually do is name their dick? Like, I don't know. I've never named my tits. I've only ever seen it in movies. Yeah, I don't know. It seems kind of weird. Like, I asked a boyfriend once if he named his dick, and he was like, yeah, no. Other than, like, little Mikey. I'm... Do you name your vagina? Yeah, it's called Poison Ivy. <laughs> that's great. I'm just Why kidding. That's not Ivy? actually... I don't... I've never actually <laughs> named my vagina. It's not Poison Ivy. <laughs> it's because I have herpes. No, um... <laughs> oh Jesus. but yeah so the next day she goes to his office job and she's got a dog with her but yeah. why she would bring a poor infant dog into this is beyond me mm-hmm. and uh he says something about the dog's collar after you know she bullies him basically into putting on this shirt that matches her uh ascot and the dog's jacket yeah. And uh, he sees the collar that's got a little bling on it. And she's like, that's not, you know, a lot of diamonds. That's just frosting. Yeah. So he runs. He's got an idea. So he runs into his boss's office. And he goes, frost yourself. Okay, first of all, it's a shitty fucking slogan. It really is. Like, who wrote this and was like, oh, yeah, this is something totally people would be like, frost yourself. Like, No. Nobody I fucking would that say that. Something about you know, or was it one of the Judies that said frosting? It's not a cake. Well, exactly, right? <laughs> well, it's, it is the true. It's like the only thing I want to frost myself with is actual frosting all over my mouth. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that too much? Was that not funny? I'm supposed that was to be funny. The... You hear me laughing, right? <laughs> I I feel like you're faking the laugh. I'm not. I okay. just, I'm really congested, and I can barely hear you because I have an inner ear infection. It's fantastic. Okay, so yeah, we're both of... actually sick, so if you hear me coughing in the background, that's why. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think the next, or that night, or maybe it's the next night, I don't know, she goes over to his house, and she's brought a book. Yeah. Okay, at this point, Ben, we got to have a conversation, Ben. Listen, if anyone is being that mentally unstable with you, okay, break up with them. An ad campaign is not worth it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, the shit she puts him through, it's not worth the ad campaign, son. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Exactly. It's really not worth the ad campaign that is part of, like, it's part of this. It really isn't. Like, I kept thinking about it. I was like, really? Really? You're saying because she's doing this to you and it's awful. Like, she, she's pretty terrible to him. But, you know, he really wants that ad campaign. So yeah. he's sticking with it. Um, and then she's like, brings out this book and it's like our family album. Oh, no. Was that before? I love her. Was that before or after the um, 
at his guy like his friend's house or his friends um, were over um hold on it's before she goes over to his to win the poker night it's before the poker night yeah but she had talked to his mom yeah she had already talked to his mom Mm-hmm. And, like, the mom calls after they look at this shitty photo album where she's like, I used Photoshop at the office. Her Photoshop skills are terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, it was 2003, right? I'm sorry, but they're still bad for 2003. I guess so. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, she's, uh, you know... She has this little cry because he's, he's like, freaking out because this woman he's been dating for, like, four or five days has an album where she's, like, put together a family and (laughs) she's named the children and set the wedding date and shit. Like, run away, run away. Yeah. Far (laughs) fucking away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man, he's a trooper. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, then her, uh, his mom calls, and he's like, "Why? Why is my mom calling calling you?" And he like looks ready to murder her <laughs> while she's on the phone with his mother. Yeah. And then he's like, "What the what the fuck?" And you know, they have kind of a fight, I guess, or they don't have a fight. You know, she's a. Uh, he said that he's going to have to cancel the next night because he's got to work late. And she's like, well, I have front row tickets. And he thinks that the front row tickets are to a Knicks game. Yeah. But really. They are not. They are to something awful. Well, no, not really that awful. But I love Celine Dion. And that's where they went. Front row seats to see Celine Dion in concert. Like peak Titanic. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Celine Dion is a fucking national treasure here in Canada. So um, we love her. So I don't understand how this part of like, oh, that's so horrible that a guy had to go see it. She is amazing. And she's also really fucking funny, too. Yeah, I freaking love Celine Dion. And I love all of like a lot more of her songs than the one from Titanic. That's Mm -hmm. actually my least favorite. Yeah. I'd go see her in freaking Las Vegas. What? I'd go see her in Las Vegas. Oh, hell yeah. If I had the money, I sure as hell would. Mm-hmm. I'd see her and Britney Spears. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so they do the Celine Dion concert. And she goes to her friends the next day and she's like, man, I have tried everything. I'm clingy. I baby talk him. I like you know, emasculate him, and he is still hanging on. I don't know how to get rid of this guy. Yeah. And then she mentioned something about how she wasn't going out with him that night because his uh, he has his weekly poker night game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, things things go downhill quickly. Uh, yeah, she she had given him a fern. Mm-hmm. And um. <laughs> She had said, you know, it's young and needs a little TLC because it's new, like our relationship and everything. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So she shows up at the stag party that, you know, like, it's all guys smoking cigars, drinking beer, playing poker. Yeah, exactly. 
having a grand old time. Mm-hmm. And then she comes in. And now, mind you, I'm going to admit something. And Gracie has already yelled at me for this, but I got too embarrassed at this part. Because when it comes to movies where really embarrassing scenes happening, sometimes I just cannot watch it. I'm too embarrassed for the characters to watch it. So I did not watch this scene. I'm sorry. (laughs) And I busted her because her job is to watch a film. The whole film. I had one job. (laughs) One job. One job and you failed utterly. (laughs) So yeah, here's the thing. She comes there and she's brought the dog that pees on green felt because apparently the dog thinks it's grass. And she comes in and she, like, takes over the whole evening. And, you know, she switches out the guy's unhealthy snacks for, like, cucumber sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And when uh, Ben says something about how she's acting crazy, she, like, throws carrots and celery and shit. And is like, I'm not crazy! (laughs) Because that's what not crazy people do. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then they break up and it's awful and she leaves and she's like yes it's over finally I've done it and she actually you can tell she feels a little guilty but she's also relieved that it's over mm-hmm. and then he goes back and he's like thank god I'm finished I did it and his friends are like dude dude what about the ad campaign what about the corner office Are you really going to give the corner office to Judy fuck dude and he's like oh man you're right oh fuck he runs downstairs. Oh, the best part of this whole scene is when she finds their little love fern and is dying. Oh. And he goes, she goes, our love fern, you let it die. And she goes, it's dead. And he says, nah, honey, it's just sleeping. <laughs> that was funny. I laughed quite a bit at that. I I actually laughed a lot because, like, she's really horrible to him. And it's just funny seeing him suffer when he could end his own misery at any point. Well, yeah, but, you know, he really wanted that ad campaign. Really wanted it. Really. Um, my, my, My biggest complaint is that she brought an innocent dog into all of this. Yeah, she brought an innocent dog. dog. You know, you don't really see the dog after this scene. I think one more time after, you know, the end, like, right after the aftermath of the big, you know, fight that we're... What happened to the dog afterwards? I don't know. Like, she... Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, (laughs) But, yeah. So, his friend had this great idea. Couples therapy. Mm Mm-hmm. Because apparently he gets couples therapy with his wife all the time to save their marriage at least for four days because that's how much time they have left. <laughs> so yeah, they do couples therapy and she's like, well, I have this great therapist and her therapist is actually her best friend who inspired the article yeah. that she's writing. Exactly. And the the session... It's funny as hell. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what happens? What, you didn't watch it? I did watch that part. Well, then you explain it. Well, 
what did happen? Oh, okay. So while they're going through this couple's therapy, right, uh, Andy, you know, continues to make little lies. See, I'm not that funny about it. I was also Uh, cleaning my room while I was watching it, so I'm sorry. It's okay. I got rid of three bags of garbage, though. (laughs) Actually, three full garbage bags worth of clothes. Oh, boy. Hey, I have a lot of, you know, (laughs) shit in my life, okay? This is why I'm single. Anyways, continue on. But yeah, like one of the things is just like he's getting aggravated because she's lying about shit that he has said. Mm-hmm. And then the you know, the best friend that's pretending to be a therapist, she's like, It sounds like you have a lot of anger, Ben. Oh, and then there's the part where he's like she's like, Oh, maybe he it was like the gay part or whatever. Yeah, he's like, um, so how long have you been attracted to men? And he's like, I'm not gay, like I was not born that way, dude. I am, man, I love women. Yeah, because you know. And then, and then it turned into you know, uh, him flirting with a therapist, and so Andy's like, first you're you, you know, now you're flirting with a therapist. And he's like, I don't get it. First I'm gay, now I'm a man whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know uh, that this whole thing's you know a big charade, right? So then um, it turns out that the therapist uh, session, the fake therapist session, cost $300. <laughs> yeah, which he that did pay. Mean. He did. That's actually funny later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the uh, quote unquote therapist mentioned something about his family. And then, you know, she's like, well, yeah, why don't you two go to Staten Island? The best part of this movie is when they go to Staten Island. Which is funny because apparently that is not the best part of New York. No. I'm told. I've never <laughs> been. Yeah. Yeah, we have a, we have, um, you know, this uh, Buddy. New Yorker friend. Yeah, he's a friend who lives in New York who we can't tell you about because he'll get really mad. But basically, he hates anything that isn't uh, Brooklyn or Queens. Well, he also kind of hates Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Sorry? I love how you both were like, and even then he still hates Brooklyn. (laughs) Well, yeah, because he hates the gentrification of Brooklyn. I don't blame him. Um, But yeah, like, okay, so they were playing this card game and she gets introduced to all of his family. And it's called Bullshit. Okay, this is a legit game. It is amazing. I love playing it with friends. It's a lot of fun. Okay, so explain the game to us if you've played it. I've okay, never played the this whole game. point of bullshit is you get some, you know, cards dealed out. And uh, the object of the game is to get rid of all of the cards in your hand, or at least the majority of them. Yeah. And yeah. what you do is, is you start off with, like, say, someone says you have, they have two aces. Well, if you have three aces in your hand, like in the movie, she had three aces, you call bullshit. And then they have to pick up the pile of cards in the center, you know? And that's how it works until someone is holding most of the cards. So if somebody is wrong when they call bullshit, then they have to pick up the cards. Mm. But how do you get rid of the cards? You get rid of your cards 
by laying them down. And someone, you know, might not call bullshit. Like, you lay down uh, one card and you say you have one ace, and then the next person goes, well, I have one two. Uh, and then it goes on and on and on until someone finally says something and you're like, I call bullshit on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then you have that whole deck of cards underneath where people have laid stuff down and they haven't been called on their bullshit, if they have any. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. Very simple. Okay. Yeah. It's fun to play with a group. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have more than one deck of cards. So it makes it more interesting. So she's playing this game with his family and they're having a grand old time, right? And she's actually acting like a normal person. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think awesome. that's the moment where she kind of falls in love with him. Yeah, because he's actually not that bad of a person. I mean, yeah, the bet thing is pretty freaking shitty of him. But outside of that, he seems like a really great guy, mm-hmm. you know? And his dad's like a Navy vet and his mom's like this, you know, nice lady sort of thing, right? And uh, his uncle farts all the time. Yep. (laughs) Um, And this is where you can see her feeling guilty a lot about what she's doing. And see, my thing is what she should have done is come clean with him Mm -hmm. at that point. And then bullshit the rest of her article. Because who's really going to know? Exactly. You know, this is the part where I'm like, if you had any common sense, you wouldn't even have to date a guy to get rid of him in 10 days. You could just use your, you know, friends and all the bullshit she was doing, you know, to write your how-to article without actually going out and finding a guy and trying to ruin his life. Exactly. Like, that's what it all boils down to. So anyways, then they um they go they go out for a you know a ride on his bike, right? Um his motorcycle and uh they get some ice cream and he says something to the effect of like, yeah, and this is why all chicks love motorbikes and right at that moment a bunch of um dirty ass water sprays on the two of them from a garbage truck in a pothole. <laughs> or like some sort of truck, right? And then she's yeah. like, she starts laughing, and she's like, "Oh, really? All the girls love this part." And uh, then they go back and they have sex in his bathroom or his parents' bathroom, maybe. Yeah, yeah. They have a nice, very, very hot shower. Yeah, and then together. And then ride home. And the next night is going to be the gala. Mm-hmm. And she knows that. She has to break up with him because it's day 10. Exactly. Even though that's really not what she has to do, but whatever. It's a (sighs) fucking movie, so. Exactly. So they go to the gala event, and it's amazing, and it's beautiful. And his boss thinks that she has fallen in love with him because she's obviously very attracted to him. Which she kind of has fallen in love with him, I think. I would... I would agree that it's not love, but she's definitely formed an attachment to him that she didn't necessarily think was going to happen when she started this whole thing. Yeah. Um, And there are genuine feelings on both sides, I think. I think, like, they literally, you know, when she's not acting crazy, he sees that she's actually this amazing person. Yeah. 
And um, but he never shows any real guilt about what he did. I realized. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. He never really he never really did show any guilt. But anyway, um, the two Judys are pissed because he gets the ad campaign, and they go up to his friends, and his friends are like the bumbling idiots. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she tells them, they tell them that, you know, Andy was just pretending. She knew about the bet the whole time. And then the guys thinking, oh, my God, she's known the whole time. They walk up to her and they're like, please don't say anything about the bet. And that's when Andy finds out that, you know, the whole bet was to have a girl fall in love with him in 10 days. Yeah. And then while that's happening, her boss is there. And her boss is talking to Ben. And she's like, oh, that's Andy, our how-to girl. Yeah, she's doing this amazing piece about how to lose a guy in 10 days. And she's rambling on and on and on. And then she realizes that the guy that Andy is doing the article about is the one she's talking to. Yeah. So now both of them are pissed at each other. Mm Mm-hmm. And they start doing your so vain karaoke. In front of everybody at this gala. Well, oh, what was the guy's name who was playing Marvin Hemlin's? Something like that. I can't remember. He played himself in it. um, But he was like a Grammy winner or something. Yeah, he he was basically an EGOT. He had everything but the Pulitzer. He had an Emmy. He had a... Golden Globe and Oscar and a Tony and stuff like that. Like, they were going through it. Like, the guy has a lot of awards under his belt. Oh, no, he actually and, is uh, an EGOT now. Huh? He's actually an EGOT. He's an EGOT, right? Yeah, he got, but he's... But oh, no, he's he's even greater. He's got... Um, he's a... the A, a PGOT? He's one of only he, two people in the world, including Richard Rogers who have won those four prizes plus a Pulitzer Prize. Oh, so he is a P-Got. Yeah, he's a P-Got. Nice. Yeah. I think uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is an Oscar away from being a P-Got, isn't he? I believe he is, too. I think he's got a Pulitzer. I know he has an Emmy. I know he has a Tony. And I know he has a Golden Globe. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the only thing he's missing is an Oscar, which... We love Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, yeah. There oh, was actually God. just was, an article. He was robbed, okay? City of Stars was a horrible song. Mm-hmm. He should have fucking won it for Mo- uh, Moana. Ain't no joke. Yeah. Oh, he actually I was, was just uh, in the news today because he went and saw um, Come From Away, which is uh, a new Broadway play that's... Uh, that's obviously on Broadway, but it's about uh, 9-11 and how many flights had to go to uh, St. John's, Newfoundland. Um, and we're, we're stuck and people were stuck there during 9-11. And like, that's what the musical is about. And it's a fantastic yeah, musical from what I'm told. It sounds depressing. It, no, it's it's got fucking newfy music, like fiddle music and shit. So, uh-uh, no. Ugh. I'll tell you what, like, to kind of go on tangent, off tangent a little bit. Yeah. 
I really love the music for The Greatest Showman, but I'm so annoyed with the fact that it's about P.T. Barnum and not some fictional circus person. Well, yeah, because P.T. Barnum was fucking trash. He was a trash-ass person. I don't know if that's actually... He was actually... like a racist piece of shit who was like really terrible to animals and like he took advantage of the people that worked for him. Like he's horrible. He's a shit ass person. The yeah. The greatest showman is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm conflicted. <laughs> but yeah, Gracie, you're right. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda is one Oscar away from being uh, a P-Got. And being one yeah, of, man. anyways. So we went into a tangent about <laughs> he will get the Oscar one day, one I mean, day. Um, but yeah, so they're both angry. With, let's get back on schedule. <laughs> they're both really angry with each other. They have this big, huge sing slash shout max shouting match right there on stage in front of everybody, and like it's really great comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're. Talking about how vain they are, and then they're like, you did this to me. Well, you did this to me. Yeah. Uh, Then she, you know, she leaves, and they don't talk to each other for a couple of days. Oh, quick question, though. Um, The yellow dress she wore to that gala, what did you think of that dress? I think it was nice. I think it was so nice I for did, the time period, but I did not like that dress. I didn't like the front. I thought the back was really pretty, but the front was a little, like, tissue paper baggy. Yeah. I think it was just yeah. the time period, but I definitely yeah. was looking at that. And not like, to mention, like, you could tell she wasn't wearing a bra, and that's, like, that material, it shows everything. Mm-hmm. I thought the bull. Yeah, like, <laughs> we all saw nipple. She needed to put some band-aids over that. Pasties. Pasties. <laughs> Is it pasties or pasties? I don't know. Tomato, tomato, pecan, pecan, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anywho. So then they go their separate ways. She writes the article. It's not exactly what uh, it was supposed oh, to be. no, I had, I had a note. Okay, the part where they're, like, at the taxi, and he goes... Well, congratulations, you just lost him. Okay, dude, she didn't lose you. You both are trash. <laughs> okay, yeah. we're not quite at that part yet, so... Yeah, we are. We were talking about how they broke up, like, after the gala. Yeah, but then he reads her article, and then he goes after her. And then there's the yeah, part know, where he we goes... Yeah, were at the part where they were still breaking up. So that's where that happens. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, the part where... There's a lot of stuff going on with a taxi in this fucking movie, okay? Oh, my God. So many taxis. It's New York. (coughs) (laughs) Okay. Anywho. But, yeah, he's he's like, you know, congratulations, Andy. You just lost me. You know, you want to know how to lose a guy in 10 days? Well, congratulations. You just lost me. He has no apology for the fact that he bet... You know, that he can make a woman fall in love with him in 10 days. Yeah. You're not innocent. Mm hmm. Exactly. They're both not innocent. So, um, then he, they go do the separate ways. Um, he has shown her article and is encouraged to read it. 
and how it says like that she lost the one person she ever uh, fell for and she uh, quits her job at Composure Magazine and um, is on her way to Washington, D.C. for an interview because she wants to write for a political magazine and do what she's always wanted. Um, and then um, he goes after her in his uh, motorcycle, right? And they're on the bridge and he's like, pull over and she's like telling the cab driver like hey can you pull over it's like you're on the fucking bridge are you fucking kidding me no that's it that's not how this works right but he like she does something and he ends up like pulling over anyways she's like well if you don't pull over i'm gonna need your ashtray to throw up in oh okay yeah it's not like he couldn't see the guy banging on his back window saying pull over yeah so then um, he accuses her. Oh, she's like, I'm going to Washington, D.C. And he's like, bullshit, you're gonna, you're running away from all of this. And then they like reveal their two true feelings together. And like, there's that kiss. And um, he instructs that it, the taxi driver to like return her belongings to her home as they kiss and like i can just imagine the taxi driving be being there and being like what the fuck is going on like what the actual fuck like here it's supposed to be a romantic moment but this taxi driver is like the fucking third wheel (laughs) and this ending kind of left a sour taste in my mouth Mm -hmm. because he says that what she's saying is bullshit she, he doesn't ask her or anything. He just hands money over to the cab driver and says, put her things back at my, at her place. Like, nobody fucking asks you, Ben. Nobody asks you. Yeah. You know? Like, and this whole thing, <coughs> you know, they don't really know each other that well. They both have lied to each other. And one of the key foundations of any relationship is trust. And I don't feel like... You know, when two people lie to each other like both of them did, it's going to make for a lasting relationship. Yeah. it's. Um, I get the feeling they get married but then divorced. Yeah, divorce very soon after. I get, I get that inkling. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, that, was, that was the movie. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, some fun facts about this movie. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow was actually going to play Andy Anderson, but uh, she pulled out. Pardon? I can see that. And uh, but she pulled out in pre-production, and Kate uh, Hudson was there to replace her. And that the yellow gown that she wore in the movie was designed by celebrity designer Dina Barrell. And the necklace that she wears is called the Isadora Diamond. And it was named after Isadora Duncan, and it was an eight, 80 carat yellow diamond in the necklace, and it was designed by Harry Winston and worth six million dollars. Yeah. What a rock! I just read that on Wikipedia, so who knows if it's true? Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> See, sometimes um, well, I can do my research to too. Our Abraham Lincoln, everything you read on the internet is true. <laughs> well, of course, right? Um, exactly. Yeah, and it didn't really, it was kind of panned 
back in the day, like it uh, was a rating of uh, 42% on Rotten Tomatoes and an average rating of 5.10. But most people said that uh, Matthew McConaughey and uh, Kate Winslet were charming together, but they couldn't overcome the fact that the movie was fucking silly and predictable. Yeah. I mean, it's a romantic comedy. It's not like we're looking at an Oscar here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Now, surprisingly, it did pass a few of our tests. Oh, really? Okay, which ones? It did. Okay, well, uh, (laughs) the first test is the Bechdel. The Bechdel, of course, is uh, two female characters talking on screen alone together and about something other than a man. And it passes at least in one scene where the boss and Andy are having a conversation about the fact that, you know, your article is doing really well. This is, you know, so you can do what any kind of article you want. And so she's listing off the types of articles she can do, like politics or religion and stuff. And, and then the boss is like, well, no, actually, you can write about shoes. <laughs> so it passes because of that scene. I think there's also one other one, but that's the one that stood out to me. Yeah. Um, now, the racial Bechdel is uh, uh, two people of color talking about someone other than a white person alone on screen. There aren't very many people of color in this film. Yeah, there's, um, I think I can name them off the top of my head, but um, one of the Judys was um, of uh-huh. color. Um, so was one of the ladies that worked at the, um, at the magazine was um, East Asian. Or something. Yep. And I think that was kind of the one it. that was like everything is upbeat. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm going to talk about medical horror stories because they can apparently be upbeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So it does not pass that one, obviously. Uh, <clears throat> then we have the sexy lamp test, which is any named female character. Uh, being replaced with a sexy lamp and it having no effect on the plot. I would say it passes because every named female character has a role in this film Mm -hmm. that furthers the plot along. So, You mean one of the Judys couldn't have been a sexy lamp? I I think uh, they all had some importance to moving the plot along. So, no sexy lamps. Wow. Yes. That's my opinion, of course. Feel free to, you know, rebut. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have the Macklemore test, which is a female character having a character arc that has nothing to do with furthering the man's plot. Doesn't pass the romantic comedy. <laughs> it passed? <clears throat> no, no, it doesn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the DuVernay test is uh, black characters having a character arc that uh, doesn't focus on a white character storyline. Um, doesn't pass that either. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the Furiosa test, which is the one where uh, people get shitting online about an all-female reboot of a mostly male cast. But that doesn't count here, first of all, because the internet still wasn't that big of a deal back then as it is now. And secondly, this isn't a reboot or a sequel that's all-female where it used to be all-male. Yeah. Although I'm pretty sure, like, during the days of the internet when this movie was coming out, um, 
Yeah, nobody was talking about this movie. Nobody gave a fuck. Sorry, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> it's okay. I'm like... Uh, so, yeah, that, that was the movie. Now, uh, next week is going to be fun. We're going to be doing Think Like a Man, mm-hmm. which is a movie somewhat based on the advice of Steve Harvey, uh, his book by the same name. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be one of those ones like Love Actually. There's a lot of plots and storylines and stuff uh, with the common thread being that they're basically all friends. Mm-hmm. But the nice thing about this movie is that um, the cast all is the- not all white people. Uh, yeah, exactly. The cast is all African American, I believe, mm-hmm. except for the one white guy. No, there's a few. That's... There's a few oh, white are? guys. Oh, yeah, yeah like the the there's... ones that like not are that aren't a main character though. No, like, there's, there's two white one... guys. Huh? There's two white guys that are kind of main characters. Yeah. Oh well, I, I started watching it. it. I didn't finish. <laughs> I was I haven't watched it since it came out, so. Uh, that'll definitely be something for me to watch. Um, obviously. So, yeah, uh, links. Uh, you can check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the feminist critique. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at South of Grace. Ailey? Oh, yeah. Um, you can check me out on Twitter at um, A I S L E N E. Is it underscore Schufeld? Whatever. It's like Ashley and Schufeld. You don't even know your own Twitter handle. Fuck, I don't know. I'm like out of it today. The fucking... It's okay, we're both sick. Don't start. (laughs) Don't start with me. I'm sick of your shit. God. I can start with you if I want to. I'm a... I'm a fucking N-U. No, okay, it's all one word. Um, it's all just <laughs> Ajeline Schufelt. Um, that is A-I-S-L-E-N-E-S-H-E-W-F-E-L-T... Yeah, so good luck with that. <laughs> um, also, I am on, uh, I have a radio website. It's not my radio station, but like one I work at, and that is kix.fm. That's K-I-X.fm. That was my Ronnie radio voice where I talk like this. Um, shameless plug. Yeah, that's a shameless <laughs> plug. Listen to what I talk about, like how... Um, I talked about how Canada um, is legalizing marijuana. That's at that's least you don't talk about Trump that much. No, you know what? Honestly, I have I don't talk about Trump at all. I've I've actually made Good. like a commitment not to talk about him because I'm just sick of news about him. I'm I'm just sick of it. So no more. And I apologize on behalf of the American delegation for the shit stain that we have as a president. <laughs> Yeah, I mean uh, Trudeau is not oh, exactly perfect either. So politics. Pardon? What? <laughs> well, I mean, like, all right, we got our own issues. I I don't know what you said. I'm sorry. I said what? You didn't think we were going to talk about politics? Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I guess you know you can't you can't get anywhere with I don't know what I'm saying I'm really tired okay <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna end it now before I, we keep rain <laughs> yeah I guess 
So we will see you guys next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.